Welcome to the JoyCast, episode 14, My Retreat with Eckhart Tolle. The JoyCast is my life coaching podcast exploring the possibilities and obstacles of a more joy-filled life. I am your host, certified professional life coach and public speaker, Gia Guidry. Well, hello, Sunshine. I'm going to try something new today, and I'm going to do this podcast completely unscripted. I'm going to talk with you as though we're just having a little coffee together, and we're sitting across from each other, and you're my best friend. So um, I hope you like this format, just something I want to try out. So I just returned from a retreat in Hawaii with Eckhart Tolle. And if you've never heard of Eckhart before, that always surprises me. I'll tell people, I'm going on a retreat with Eckhart Tolle, and they're like, who? (laughs) That's so shocking to me, because I've been reading Eckhart and studying Eckhart and watching him on television and on YouTube, and just really have been a devoted listener, follower, reader, student of Eckhart Tolle for many, many years. In fact, I was in my early 20s when I first discovered him. Um, He wrote the book, The Power of Now. That was his first big breakout book. And then um, he followed that one up with A New Earth. And... um, I've also seen Oprah live a few times, and uh, one of her workshops that I went to, she was holding up the book called A New Earth, and she said, this is the book that I have beside my table, my bedside table, and she said, I, I open it randomly all the time. It's the book I always return to, and I've read this backwards and forwards many different times, and she showed us how it was all tattered up and well-loved. And she said, you know I love books, but I tell people if there's only one book you ever read, this is it, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. So he mostly teaches about present moment awareness and being aware of the present moment, being in the present moment, bringing yourself back to the present moment. And he really, you know, expands on that in a big way, but that is the core of his message is just be present. And um, I didn't honestly know what that meant at all when I first started reading him. And in fact, the first time that I looked at his books, I kind of, it was a little too much for me. It was a little too beyond my ability to comprehend. So I... um I tried listening to the audiobooks and I didn't like that either. I was probably about maybe 26, 25, 26 years old. And it was a little, it was just outside of my understanding at that time. But I've always been a seeker and I've always loved, um, you know, spiritual teachings of all kinds. And so I kept returning to his work and I really, really wanted to understand it and get it. And I can tell you that being present is really the simplest thing, but it's also the hardest thing to do. So um, 
I just keep returning to him. He's a voice that now really brings great calm and peace to me. Um, Something I love listening to while I'm walking. I have both of his books on audio book on my phone and I just turn them on whenever I feel like I need a little Eckhart in my life. Uh, I also every now and then pick up his books and read them. Sometimes just one part of it and sometimes from start to finish. I think it's universal wisdom and I think it will, um, you know, go down in history as a classic in the spiritual teaching realm. So um, becoming present is about quieting the mind. It's about reducing thinking. And as a life coach, I'm always working with people on their thoughts And as a human being, I'm always working on myself and my thoughts. And um, so I love that his message is simply just become present, become aware, no noise, just pure beingness. And um, it was the most amazing experience being there. I'll tell you the format of the retreat. It was kind of like we would um, listen to him talk and then have a break and then listen to him talk again and then have a break. So, uh, And actually, the the retreat schedule was very, very nice. We really didn't start until about 2 p.m. They would serve lunch for us so we could go to the lunch. That was always optional. Uh, And then at 2 p.m. was the first talk. We'd have a little break, and then actually Eckhart's partner, Kim Ng, would come up, and she would give a talk for a couple of hours, and then we had two hours of a break for dinner, and then we'd come back at 8 p.m. for the final talk. Um, And so it was sort of like, you know, taking this bath in presence while also being in the most beautiful place I've ever been in the whole world. Um... We were on Maui, and the environment was just so gorgeous. The water was beautiful. The beaches were gorgeous. There was lush greenery everywhere. There were birds singing all the time. So we were in paradise, and we were present. We were there for it. I also loved being surrounded by a thousand other people who were big fans of Eckhart Tolle. Um, literally anybody that I spoke with, we could have the most rich and wonderful conversation. But, you know, I've always had in my mind and on my heart that I wanted to become more present. But being at the retreat, I got to feel what it was like to actually be present and not try, you know, it was effortless. And um, I really, really loved that experience to be present all the time to be aware and to be at ease it was a peace that passes all understanding it was truly magical now um another cool thing about my trip is that my dad came along my dad does not know Eckhart Tolle and is frankly not interested (laughs) In fact, one time I was telling him something that Eckhart said at the retreat, and he said, I mean, what's the point? 
and that was hilarious to me. Um, and I said, well, you know, I guess the point is to be happier. You know, you experience more joy when you're present and you feel more alive as you are delighted when you're present. And he was like, well, yeah, I guess. But for my dad, this was just a vacation. It had nothing to do with being at the retreat. And I had a wonderful time with him. I could actually do a whole podcast on just the experience of traveling with my dad and, uh, and you know, what I was expecting it to be like and what it was actually like. It was actually wonderful. And it was amazing to be there with him while I was in this very present moment state. Um, very at ease state. It was great. He's a great travel buddy. Uh, I also highly recommend traveling with your parents um, if you can because I just think that's precious time and you know we really enjoyed one another's company and uh, I think we made some great memories that I'll have for life and so will he. Um, I met one retreat participant that I want to tell you about and uh, he is from Sri Lanka and uh, I met him early on in the retreat kind of in a little circle that formed sort of right after maybe the first or second night I can't remember but he was just standing around in a circle and we were asking each other questions and just engaging in some conversation and he seemed really shy really really quiet He had a giant, beautiful smile, but mostly he seemed to just be there in presence and observing and um, listening. He seemed to be a great listener. But about by the fourth or fifth night, um, a nice group would gather out by the fire pits after the eight o'clock talk. So we would get out around 9.30 or 10 o'clock and people would sort of gather around these fire pits and eventually like it it became a little bit of a jam session. Some people had their guitars and spontaneous singing was happening. And so um, I was sitting by the fire and my new friend from Sri Lanka was there and we started talking and um, he started telling me about his childhood. And it was just this really amazing story. You know, he had a tough childhood, had a father who was abusive, very abusive to his mother and and to the children and he said um that he had to work he was his dad made him work as a had a paper route and he had to give all of his money to his dad and um then he said um after some time he would you know really wanted a playstation and he would beg his dad beg his dad to get him a playstation and he knew it was never going to happen his dad wasn't ever going to spend that kind of money, um, on him. So he, uh, found a way to make other money and I don't, I'm not really clear. I think it was like he would do delivery work for people that he got to know and they would just pay him on the side. And then he would, you know, hide that money and he ended up saving lots and lots of money. And he found a way he, the, the, adults that he was working with 
they wanted him to get a PlayStation, so they found a way to sort of trick his dad into getting one that was like a scratch-and-dent model. The boy actually bought it for himself, and he scratched it so that um, they could say it was a scratch-and-dent model. And then uh, he talked his dad into buying the PlayStation, and his dad believed that he had gotten this incredibly great deal. Um, but the funniest, the joke was on him because the son had already paid full price for it. And, uh, anyway, he learned how to make money and he learned how to, um, um, multiply his money. And he said he was a millionaire by the time he was 18. And he said that he understood that the way to become rich is to want it without worrying about it just to have that desire and then let it go. And he told me that he's he knows now that anything he wants in life, it's coming to him. He doesn't, he just really understands the idea of creating. He understands how he is one with everything and how he can make things happen in the world for himself. So, um it was amazing listening to him. We talked, I listened, he talked for a couple of hours. And uh, he said he read the book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that it just changed his life. And he said that um, you have to be making money while you sleep. I've heard that before too. I still haven't quite learned how aside from investing, but um, he said he had he makes money while he sleeps. And, uh, yeah, that he learned so well that he became a very, very rich man. And, uh, and he was rich. He said he lived as a rich man for a long time. And then he decided that he didn't want any of it anymore. And uh, he, what he wanted more was to learn to manage his mind and to learn to bring complete peace to his mind. Um. So he went on these long journeys, like hikes and pilgrimages, and he gave up all of his wealth. He gave it up. He said he made a little backpack for himself with like two shirts and a pair of pants and took off, you know, and he hiked the Camino. Uh, I should have looked up the name of it before I started this unscripted podcast. Um... But it's it's the long 500-mile uh, pilgrimage in Spain. Very, very famous. Hmm, Camino something. And um, he also hiked through the Himalayas and has worked with lots of gurus. And But he said it was while he was on the Camino that he learned about Eckhart Tolle and he started reading it as he walked. And he said nothing had ever made more sense to him or spoke so clearly directly to what he was seeking in his life. So um, he said Eckhart became my number one teacher. And uh, he, he also had this cool experience he told me about that he just wanted to see what it was like to live like the poorest in the world. And he said, I've already lived like the richest and I want to now live see what it's like to live like the poorest. So he pretended to be homeless and he went into a like a homeless encampment 
And he said that the people there were so sweet and kind and gentle and welcoming toward him. And he didn't bring anything with him. He just kind of walked there with nothing, no backpack or no possessions, no identification. And uh, he said that one evening there was a man that he had gotten to know and the man got $2. Probably someone handed him a little bit of money and he said he got $2 and the man went to a little uh, store and bought two cakes and he gave one to my new friend and he ate one for himself. And he said, you know, he had $2 he could have eaten for two days, but instead he fed me. And he said, I, I watched so many miracles like that happen when I lived with these homeless people because he said um, he really got to see how these people have exactly what he's looking for. This freedom in their mind, this peace in their heart, this knowing that they don't have to worry where the next meal or the next dollar is going to come from. It just appears. And uh, he said, it's like that um, scripture from Matthew to consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. They never worry. They just grow. And he said, um, when, when these homeless guys would go to sleep at night, they would sleep more peacefully than any other people he'd ever witnessed before. He said, I looked at them sleeping so soundly and so peacefully, almost with a smile on their face, because they just had complete peace, and they're not worried about being robbed. <laughs> no one's going to hurt them. They just rest when they're tired, and they find food when they are hungry, and they share with one another, and they don't have a care in the world. And he said, that's what I want. That's, I knew that's what I was looking for. And I thought, wow, the homeless experience taught me more about what I'm seeking than any other experience I've ever had. And um, so that, that conversation, it was just so rich and beautiful and mind-blowing and life-changing. So I loved that. I loved that time. And, you know... Um, I kept thinking about him and thinking about how much I learned from him. And I started to wonder, um, how is he at this retreat if he gave all his money away, you know? So I asked him the next day when I saw him and he said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He said, I, I'm rich again. <laughs> and he said, I, I always know. Now I know how. Now I know exactly what to do. And money is easy. And I knew I could always make money again. Uh, that's why I wasn't afraid to give it all away. And um, so once again, he's wealthy. He told me lots of other cool stories of little coincidences that happen all the time to him. Like um, he'll think something isn't going to work out. Like he wasn't going to be able to stay at the hotel. And then they offered when he got there, they said, we actually have rooms now if you'd like to stay with us. And he thought, well, there you go. It's exactly what I wanted. And he said, I have a thousand stories like that. And you know, I think it's when you're congruent in your 
heart and your mind, when your heart and your mind are connected and you are congruent as a human being, life is easy. Life flows. Now, you're still a human and so you're still going to have that 50-50 experience in life sometimes. You know, sometimes we've got the good and the bad. That's the contrast that we live in. That's normal. But, um, but for the most part, when you are at peace, when you are present, when you are congruent, life flows with a lot of effortless ease. So on returning home, I just felt so at peace. I even slept on the airplane, which was shocking because I never can sleep on flights. And this was a long flight and I slept. It was amazing. And, um, and everything was easy. You know, our travels were easy. Getting back home was easy. And, uh, I just found myself wanting to stay in the quiet, wanting to stay very peaceful And I kind of didn't want to talk about the retreat right away. I almost felt like it was this sacred thing that I couldn't possibly describe. Um, So I didn't jump on the podcast and record right away. It's been three weeks now since I've returned. And, uh, you know, I've stayed for this whole three weeks pretty quiet. Like when I go out for walks, just silence. Or around my house, no music, no TV, you know, in my car, no podcasts. Um, I haven't been talking as much and I'm a big talker. I have a lot of words, right? (laughs) So um, I've been loving my meditations. I've been having really deep and beautiful meditations and I just don't want to skip it. You know, sometimes I used to look at meditation almost the way I do exercise. Like if I could skip that, I would like to, but... Since coming back, I don't want to skip my meditation because I want to stay connected to this peace. I want to stay connected to this stillness as long as I can. And you know what I know after this retreat is that presence and peace and beingness and stillness, it's always available to us. It's not like I got it at the retreat and it's going to disappear. It will disappear, sure, because life is going to happen, but I can return to it Every time that I become present, every time that I step into this moment, I'm back to peace. I'm back to stillness. And I'm back to myself. So um, what I've been finding since I'm back is like in my coaching calls, I do feel so much more present. My brain is not busy I'm not searching for solutions or answers. I feel very, very, very present with my clients. I feel like we're in a flow with one another. I'm almost finishing their sentences. Um, Great coaching calls lately and a lot of wisdom coming through as I'm more and more connected to my own presence. Uh, I feel so in the flow with life and really great and beautiful things are happening. One interesting thing that happened, and this is something that I think you will love and learning and listening to. When I returned from Hawaii, it was Thanksgiving week, and I returned to Houston on the same day that my daughter was coming in town from Santa Fe, and she was going to be here for the week. Now, 
I don't know how long you've been listening, but I am divorced. So this is the first full year and the first holidays that I'm going through with my family as a divorced family or divorced marriage, I guess. Not a divorced family, but, um, you know, my former husband and I are sharing time with the kids now rather than being all together at our holidays. And uh, that was something I really hoped we wouldn't give up. But as it's turning out, it seems like we're doing this separately. So the first two days when I returned from my trip, my daughter was with my former husband. And I was sitting on the couch thinking, never would I ever have thought that I'd be able to sit here in complete peace and contentment, not angry, not wishing that she was here with me, but just really okay. Like really confident that I don't need people to be with me all the time. Um, I don't need this moment to be any different than it is. And that I can enjoy time alone, time to recover from my trip and just time with myself. I can really enjoy myself That's the kind of peace that I've been looking for, for my entire life. And, you know, it's not just because of this retreat that I found it. I found this through many years of studying. I found it through life coaching. I found it through meditation. Um, But the retreat really helped me to feel what it's like to embody presence all the time. Just the most beautiful peace. So... As a final tale to this particular episode of my podcast, I want to tell you about a simple walk that I took this week. I went on a walk because it was sunny and 81 degrees in Houston in the winter. Magical. And uh, I just took off because I wanted to soak up a little bit of sun before the day was over. And as I was walking, I saw so many things that just tickled me. Just, I was giggling out loud. As I was walking, it was like this house had pumpkins. The next house had Christmas decoration. This house had pumpkins. The next house had Christmas decorations. Some houses had both pumpkins and Christmas decorations. And, you know, every now and then I'd walk through a pile of leaves on the ground And they were these bright, beautiful yellows and oranges. And then next thing I know, I'd see an azalea bush in full bloom. And I just, you know, started taking pictures of everything. Like, what season is this? What holiday are we on? You know, what what a weird thing to have an 81 degree day in December. And, um... So I continued with my walk and I kept capturing with my camera, you know, all of these really interesting in-between, in-between seasons, in-between holidays. And, you know, I just, I just think it's kind of neat how often we find ourselves in those in-betweens, you know? Um, how we often find ourselves in those transitions in life, just where we're in the middle, kind of, and we're not quite there. We don't really know where this is going. We don't really know 
what things are going to look like in the future. That's how it is in the present moment. The present moment is just accepting how it is. Right now, we're in between. Right now, Thanksgiving isn't quite wrapped up on the people's front porches. And Christmas isn't quite unpacked, you know? We're in between, and it's cool. It's really perfectly fine to be there. That's the moment we're in. So as I continued walking, and I'm just delighted. And I've had a few great experiences when I am delighted on a walk. Just I feel so like I notice everything. I see the light, how it falls on the trees and the leaves and the petals of the flowers. And I, I notice the leaves on the ground, and I notice the people and I just feel like I'm, I'm here for it. I'm a witness to it. I'm here in this world and I'm seeing everything. And uh, I got to our little park. I live in an old neighborhood. All the houses are 100 years older. And they, there's this great little park in the neighborhood that just looks like something out of a movie from the 50s. You know, there's a community center there's an, a little playground, there's a baseball field. And so there's two teams of girls playing softball. They look like middle school age. And, you know, their parents all had their fingers through the chain link fence and they're calling to their girls. And the girls are laughing with each other and sipping from their water bottles. And I was like, I feel like I'm walking through a movie. I feel like I'm walking through a scene of a movie. I'm just watching all these people do their life, you know? Then when I got to the playground part, I my eyes landed on four beautiful moments in a row, and it really, really seemed like I was... It was like I was inside of a movie. I'm not kidding. It was crazy. First thing I saw was a mom sitting with her son on a swing, and they were swinging together, she had the boy straddled across her belly and one of his legs was in a big orange cast. And then um, another mom was snuggling with a little girl and she was just kissing her on the head and the little girl was just like nuzzling into her neck. It was so precious. Then I see this other woman like catching a child who's coming down a slide. And then the final thing that I saw was a mother and a child just touching their foreheads to one another and just like a sweet little smile. And I thought, it's like, it was so perfectly timed. Everywhere I looked, it was like this beautiful moment. And I love that it was all sort of this mother-child theme. It was so sweet. That always tugs at my heart. So I just kind of get this sense that I'm carrying this piece with me through the world. I'm since I'm centered and present and still, I'm able to see, I'm able to catch these beautiful moments that are happening all the time anyway. But I'm here for it now, right? I'm awake to it, I'm aware of it. And I almost teared up a little as I was walking through the park just at how beautiful this is. You know, it's just so beautiful, this life that we get to live and this well-stocked kitchen that we get to create in. And 
my heightened awareness of it, I think, is coming from stillness. So I'll leave you with a quick little practice that you can try that Eckhart reminded us of at the retreat. That all it takes to come into the present moment is one conscious breath. One conscious breath and you're right into the present. And he said all you have to do is focus all of your attention on your inhale and as you breathe in, ride the breath with your full awareness all the way to the belly. Notice as the breath is traveling in, notice the expansion of the lungs, the expansion of the belly, and then notice that tiny moment of stillness at the end of your inhale and before the exhale. That stillness within you is the essence of who you are. And he said, every breath we touch that stillness. So ride the breath all the way into the belly, touch the stillness, and then ride the breath back out and be here now. Be right here now. I love this little thing that Eckhart always says that when he asks a room full of people, if you are here in this present moment, can you tell me what is the problem? And he says, there's almost never a problem. You might have problems that are lingering in your head, but most of them are in the past or they are worries about the future. But right now, in this moment now, what is the problem? Unless there's a bear biting down on your neck, at this very moment, there's very likely no problem. So I always kind of think about that, you know, when I start getting a little stressed out, I'll say, is there a bear biting me? (laughs) If there's no bear, I'm okay. I can touch that stillness and come into the present moment and be here for all the beautiful moments that are available. So I'm sending you a lot of love, sunshine. I wish I was still in Hawaii. I wish I was sending you love from Hawaii, but um, I will be back. That was an amazing experience. So sending you lots of love and lots of presents this week. Hey, are you ready to be more present in your life? Are you ready to go from good to great? To feel comfortable with your wide range of emotions and direct your brain to think intentionally the way that you want to? Are you ready to become your authentic self in your relationships and relax into feeling comfortable and joyful in your very own skin? Let's work together, sunshine. Your first call with me is free, so anyone can try it out to see if coaching feels like a good fit for you. Check the show notes for resources and links, and you can also find everything you need on giagidry.com. Please follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I'll see you next time.